This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 44. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's episode, Objectionable Objections, If You Know. Today we introduce a new category of episode based on your fantastic feedback about things you'd like to get out of the podcast. Episodes in this new category will be called Objectionable Objections, and each will focus on a single type of improper objection commonly made by lawyers in depositions. And we'll keep these episodes brief as well. So while there will be some discussion of the objections in question and some discussion about the cases, we're putting these together in part to share research from our files that you can copy and paste right from our show notes. That will allow you to plug them directly into a memo of law, a motion, even part of your deposition misconduct toolkit that you take with you when you go to depositions where you expect problems. And I've talked about those in the books. And by Deposition Misconduct Toolkit, what I'm simply referring to is an expandable file folder with individual manila folders within it, each dedicated to a single one of the 15 or 20 most common kinds of deposition misconduct that you run into. Each of my individual folders deals with a single topic, a type of objection, a type of behavior, and contains a stack of cases dedicated to that particular issue Uh, and typically take it with me when I'm expecting a problem based on the issues, the opposing lawyer or the uh, the, uh, client in the case. So look for the case citations in the show notes and again, you're free to copy and paste them as you see fit. We always include the full case citation and a nice parenthetical summarizing the pertinent holding in the particular case. Today's episode focuses on if you know objections and its cousins If you remember, if you understand the question, don't assume, don't speculate, and so on. There's probably no single objection made in a deposition beyond a flat instruction to a witness not to answer that does more damage to your testimony than if you know or if you remember. You know, as I do, that the answer given by a deponent almost 100% of the time after this kind of speaking objection precisely mirrors the coaching. I don't remember, or that's right, I don't know. And if you let a lawyer get away with that, they can absolutely wreck your case through this kind of speaking objection. You're not going to get the information you're entitled to get from the witness and that the witness has, and the opposing lawyer will become emboldened to continue those and typically other improper speaking objections and coaching. As I've said many times in the books and in this podcast, my personal dial for tolerance when it comes to coaching and speaking objections is permanently locked at 0.00. I can't have it. I can't and I won't tolerate it. The first time a lawyer defending one of my depositions turns to the deponent and says, if you know, or something similar, that's when I start my conferral with the lawyer about the coaching. As many cases as I try each year, more of them settle than go to trial and they settle based on deposition testimony most of the time. As the court said in the Fetzima case quoted in the show notes, depositions are the factual battleground where the vast majority of litigation actually takes place. So we can't have these kinds of obstructive behaviors taking place in depositions. It's frustrating stuff. And not just for us, but for judges too. How frustrating? Here's what one federal judge had to say in the Mazeo case where an order granting sanctions relating to deposition objections was granted. In the order, the judge says the following, quote, if I was an elementary school teacher instead of a judge, 
I would require both counsel to write the following clearly established legal rules on a blackboard 500 times. I will not make speaking, coaching, suggestive objections which violate Rule 30C2. I am an experienced lawyer and know that objections must be concise, non-argumentative, and non-suggestive. I understand that the purpose of a deposition is to find out what the witness thinks, saw, heard, or did. I know that lawyers are not supposed to coach or change the witness's own words to form a legally convenient record. I know I am prohibited from frustrating or impeding the fair examination of a deponent during the deposition. I know that constant objections and unnecessary remarks are unwarranted and frustrate opposing counsel's right to fair examination. I know that speaking objections, such as if you remember, if you know, don't guess, you've answered the question, do you understand the question, are designed to coach the witness and are improper. I also know that counsel's interjection that he or she does not understand the question is not a proper objection and that if a witness needs clarification of a question, the witness may ask for that clarification. That's a federal judge writing that. Starting off with, if I were an elementary school teacher. Unbelievable. All right, that's it for this episode. I think we've got 12 or 13 cases in the show notes. Again, all with parentheticals to get you started. If you know, in all its poisonous variations, will do your case serious damage if you let a lawyer get away with it. And my advice to you is this, don't. Thanks again for listening. And be sure to check out the book, 10,000 Depositions Later, the premier litigation guide for superior deposition practice, now at 450 pages in its third edition and available everywhere you get your books.